When it's cold outside, thanks to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, you'll be warm and toasty inside. Right now, put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to two years at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com today. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Come join the conversation on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. What is going on today? It is Election Day. I am wearing my red pullover and my red shirt. I was taking my wife to the airport. She's left me for a couple days. So I was dropping her off with... We, she, she's going down to our place in Florida, and she just the, the idea was, okay, let's bring a lot of stuff down there so we don't have to shuttle stuff back and forth. And I'm thinking, I, I went to college for four years with less stuff than you're getting on this plane with. and But, you know, it, it all worked out. But anyways, I, she said, you're, you're wearing red today. And, you know, I'm, yes, I've got my red pullover. I've got my red shirt. I said, red wave, red wave, honey. That's what's going on. We will see. Um, sounds like it's big voter turnout all across the state. The weather is cooperating, and that's a that's a very good thing. You know, get out and vote. All right. So I said before the, the break that the final Jeopardy answer is 4:57 p.m. today. 4:57 p.m. today. All right. I'm not going to take guesses as to what the question is. Because well, absolutely. I just I, I said that. But here, 4.57 p.m. today, number of people, it's the last political advertisement of the midterm elections on 6.20. Peggy in Waukesha says, um, uh, let's see, um, 4.57 p.m., what is, is it Miller time? No, Jason in Port Washington, though. It's the last political advertising of the midterm election on 6.20 that is exactly correct. Matter of fact, a couple other people nailed that as well. I am very, very impressed. Yes, 450. I was, I almost never do this, but I was looking ahead at the log, you know, because we have this printed thing that shows you all the different commercials. And during my show, between now and three o'clock, we have two political advertisements. And during uh, John McCure's show, there is one. And the last political adver- advertisement runs at 4.57 p.m. this afternoon. So for everybody—now, I don't know about the TV stations, but my guess is that's probably going to be about it. My my guess is, you know, maybe if you watch the 5 and 6 o'clock news, you might still catch a couple of the ads as they're trying to catch the, the last-minute potential voters. But at least for those of you who are listening to WTMJ, 4.57, three more ads— 457 is the last political ad of the season. Now, the other question that I don't know the answer to is, when will we start to hear the first advertisements for the state Supreme Court race that comes up next April? And uh, I just, I'm going to have, I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a big one because right now, ideologically, the state Supreme Court is split Four, three conservative liberal. There, there's one of the the conservative justices who occasionally kind of kind of goes off on his own. But in general, it's a four three split. Um, the chief justice of the Supreme Court, Patience Rogensack, is retiring. She's in her early 80s. She's not running for reelection. And so this is 
this is going to be a national race um, because the Supreme Court races are if, if if it wasn't for a conservative Supreme Court, I think we'd still Tony Evers would still have us locked down in COVID. I think we'd all still be wearing masks and we'd still be doing remote learning and things like that. It was only the state Supreme Court that was able to rein in Tony Evers. So um, th- this is going to be a, a big, big election. You're going to start hearing ads. I wouldn't be surprised if you start hearing ads after the first of the year. But there will be at least a little bit of break. 4.57 p.m., the last political ad runs on WTMJ. All right. I, I have a number of things I want to talk to you about. Some of Most of them are election-related because that, that's the, the big deal, obviously, today, but some other stuff that's not. But I want to start off doing something, well, that's a little bit different and I, I will confess to you, even after all these years of doing a radio show, I generally have a pretty good idea of what's going to work and what's not going to work. And I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about this because in some respects what I, it is, is counterintuitive. Now, the, the typical thing to do on a talk radio show that concentrates on current events and politics, the typical thing to do is on, on election day to say, OK, who did you vote for and, and why? All right. And that's 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 all well and good. But that's kind of the conversation we have on an almost daily basis. You know, who who do you support? Who do you like? Why do you like them? How do you feel about this issue? I want to do the flip side. We are going to, I think, have a very, very big turnout in Wisconsin. But even with a big turnout, there are going to be a lot of people who choose not to vote. Now, I understand if you're listening to a, a program like this, you know, odds are that you're, you're going to vote. You know, you might not vote for the same people I voted for, but you're, you're going to go out and vote because if you're listening to a program like this, you're, you're probably like you're interested in current events and you probably have some very, very strong feelings about politics. Again, agree with me or disagree with me. That doesn't matter. But you're, you're, going, to, you're going to go out and vote. And yet there, there's a lot of Wisconsinites who are going to make the decision not to vote. So I want to start off the program on Election Day while we still have the polls are open for, you know, a little less than eight hours. Now they close at eight o'clock tonight. I have a question that's addressed to a very unique segment of the audience. And I will confess, I'm not sure I'm going to get any feedback from this. But I am curious if you have either made the decision that you're not going to vote or you're on the fence. Uh, Maybe I'm going to go out and vote. Maybe I'm not going to go out and vote. I want to talk to you. If you've decided not to vote or it's now 12 o'clock, you've got seven or eight hours left, and you're not sure if you're going to vote or not, my question to you is, does this describe you? And I have a question, and it's honest. It's an honest-to-goodness question. It is why. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the WTMJ talk and text line. And, and I confess, I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's anybody out there that's in that situation, but if this describes you, you're either made the decision, you're not going to vote, or you're sitting here and eh, maybe I will, maybe I won't, I, I, I don't know. I would love to discuss this with you. 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ talk and text line. And I promise I'm not going to abuse you. I am just curious as to what your thinking is, and why you've made that decision. 855-616-1620. We will see if we get any response. Stick around. It's always such an interesting time for me because, I mean, I I remember, I mean, I, I, I have voted since I, I turned 18, um, I, I mean, I, I remember the first presidential race that I, I voted in, 
And I, I think I can say without fear of hesitation that I have I have voted in every major election since since the mid 1970s. <laughs> I, I just have now. You know, you could probably go back if you go back long enough and look at my voting record. You might find some spring nonpartisan primary election where there's nothing on the ballot that I didn't show up and vote. But whether it's like the, the spring elections or whether it's the primary election or certainly whether it's the general elections in November, I, I think I have voted in in every election since again I was old enough to vote since I turned 18. And yet I, I and that might describe you, but. Yet Yet I know that there's there's a lot of people out there that choose not to participate, and my question is, um, is 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 that you, and why? Okay, eight five five six one six one six twenty. Let's start with uh, Betty in Waukesha. Betty, you're first. Good afternoon. Hi, Bet. Hi, Joe. Hi, Betty. Hi, Betty. Um, you're my brother from another mother. <laughs> I am never on the fence about voting, but my husband, on the other hand, is an old curmudgeon. He goes oh, this way, that way, if it's convenient, if it's not convenient, if they're busy, if they're not busy. So I am right now going to his work to pick him up. <laughs> And we're going to go to and we're going to go to the polls together, and we're going to vote, and then I'm going to drive him back to work, and I'm going to be very happy. Well, that, assuming he is going to vote, now do you see things the, the both both ways politically? I assume you wouldn't necessarily be doing this if you thought your husband was going to cancel out your vote. Hit the nail on the head. <laughs> so okay, so 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 you get to the polling place. And I mean, I don't know. Let, let's say there's like a 15 minute line and your husband starts whining as us husbands start to do from time to time about you want me to go shopping, whatever. The bottom line is you're not letting him go. You're standing in that line. He's not getting back to work. And unless he calls an Uber, he's voting if he wants to get back to work. huh? You are exactly right. But you know what? Fingers crossed where we where we vote is usually pretty quiet at this time of yeah. the day. So yeah. my fingers are crossed. Yeah, that's great. That's pretty funny, Betty. That, the election. That, I got it. Thanks for the call. That's pretty funny. It's a, Betty's like, okay, I, I just, he's, the, he's this curmudgeon. He is going to vote, and I am going to make certain of that. Yeah, you know, sometimes we, you, you hear these stories about, like, long lines at the polling places, and what, what happened—I mean, look, all the polling places are different. What typically happens, though, a lot of times is first thing in the morning, there, there's a big rush— you know, for people who are, you know, voting, they want to vote before they go to work or whatever, and then it, it kind of slows down, and then maybe it picks up after work, maybe it picks up at lunchtime and stuff. But timing really does does matter. And just I, for people who are thinking about going out and voting, just because you're hearing a report, oh, there's a long line, that, that, that report might be from a couple hours ago. And it doesn't necessarily mean that if you show up at, at 1220 or at 1 o'clock, there's going to be that same line that there was at 8 o'clock in the morning. 855-616-1620. Let's see. Let's talk to Mark in Waukesha. Mark, you're on WTMJ. Uh, Hello. Hi, Mark. Yeah, I won't be be voting this year. Hey, tell me why. Well, I actually never listened to political radio, but I turned it on today. And then you said this right when I turned it on, so I thought I would call in. The reason is, is that... You know, I have lots of friends that are Democrats, lots of friends that are Republicans, and um, they're all they're all good people, and they all just get so worked up over their party. And these parties are so fake. I think Trump was right when he was talking about fake news, but I think Fox News is fake news, CNN is fake news. They're all owned by the same people just to keep us fighting each other so that we won't look at them. 
the ones that own all the wealth in this country that that tell us all that tell us all what our limits are and what we can do. Okay, well, Mark. So, I'm not, okay, so I'm not going to. I'm not picking on you, but my question then is: by by wh- how do you think you get around that by you making the decision to not participate and and not you know select who at least you know register your opinion as to who you think would be better off? I mean, how how does that make any anything better? Well, um, I think it, it is a vote in my own, in a way. I mean, I'm part of this system just like anybody else. Um, but the way it, it, it's against my conscience to go and participate in this thing okay. that, that is actually in uh, this fake fight. Okay. That is like of all these issues that don't really matter, like the actual economic issues that we all need to be solved, the international issues that cost our country so much money. Like these are not even on the table. It's all these little cultural issues that don't really matter. OK, thanks for the call. I, pre- I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to. I mean, I, I'm just I'm I am curious again because it's just so different. <laughs> I mean, because I, I just I enjoy the process of voting. As I said earlier, we my wife and I early early in person the early absentee voting because she was hopped on an airplane this this morning and i just wanted to make sure i i got the the vote in and um but and I, but i just it's just i guess my attitude is just so diametrically opposed to marks and i'm not i'm not abusing him that that's the decision if you don't want to vote you don't you don't have to vote but i'm just i i don't understand the mindset here okay let's talk to uh, let's see pamela in delavan pamela you're on wtmj good afternoon Good afternoon. Okay. You going to vote or not sure? Not sure. Okay. Tell me why. I have, I just, you don't know what the truth is about either candidate. So unless you can sit down and talk with each person or you've, you've heard them interviewed kind of one-on-one, I don't know who the best candidate is. I don't know what they're, you know, you can go to somebody's website and it's all propaganda. Like it's all wanting you to know, you know Mm -hmm. what they want you to know, but it's like, I would like to know the truth of who people are and, and trust them to make, you know, decisions that I would represent. And it's hard to know what the truth is anymore. Have you, have you voted before? Yes. Okay. When was the, what do you remember the last election you voted in? Presidential. Okay, so you voted. You voted two years ago. Do you think it's gotten? Yeah. Do you think it's gotten worse over those those two years? So you think that this this election is worse than than the one was two years ago? No, I don't think so. I think I've grown up a little bit in my own head to go like I'm not just gonna. I don't. I don't want to just blindly vote based on what my cultural beliefs are or, you know, who I mm-hmm. tend to lean towards party wise, mm-hmm. I'd like to vote for the best person. Mm-hmm. So, so my, ge- my, my ge- own. Sure. So my guess then, Pamela, is if it right now it's a it's we're pushing 1230. So my guess is if you're kind of on the fence or feel that way, my guess is you're probably not going to vote. Right. Probably. I don't know. OK. I really <laughs> don't know yet. OK. All right, no, no. Thanks again. I, I pre- thanks for call. I appreciate that. And I, I, you know, it's again. I, I just as somebody who votes all the time, it's 
I, 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 I don't necessarily understand that, but I mean, she explained it well. She says, I'm just not sure about this and, and all, and um, that's, that's fine. I mean, I, I do think in this country we have the right to vote, but I think we also have the right not to vote. There's, there's some people who, you know, in some countries it's like mandatory voting. I've always opposed that. I mean, if you, if you don't want to vote, I don't think you should have to, to vote. I mean, there's, there's no question about that. Uh, Bob in Manitowoc. Bob, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Bob. Bob admit. Oh, I am sorry about oh. that. Hi, Bob. Thanks for waiting. I'll just try buzzing in on the other line. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I am actually calling on behalf of a colleague who he doesn't want his voice recognized on air. <laughs> okay. But he has not voted in, I think, 10 or 12 years. And he stopped after looking at both parties. He said it didn't matter who you voted for. They got in and it would immediately start attacking the values and the things of importance to the other side. And as he thought more about it, he thought that voting was just contributing to the essentially the system and attacking people. Over time, he has become a truly a bona fide anarchist and believes that by voting, you're giving consent to a system which is being set up to attack half the country. How does not voting deal with that, though? And I, I understand you're, you're speaking for somebody else, but, you know, I mean, it's by, by not participating, how, if, if you believe that's the case, by not participating, it seems to me you can never bring about change. He doesn't think he necessarily has the power to bring out huh. change. This is just his own way yeah. to say I, I, the only way to win and I'm putting win in quotes after right. saying that, is not to play. Uh, another time he said it's sort of like in the old Ghostbusters movie, pick your destroyer. He refuses. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the call. I, I just, and, and again, I, I, I promised when you know people call in and explain these things, I mean, I, I promised I wasn't going to like, like jump down their throats and stuff. And I know Bob was speaking for somebody else, but I'm like, I guess I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. In, I don't get the idea that, there's no difference between the candidates. I mean, that's there, there. There could not be more of a difference, for example, between you know Ron Johnson and Mandela Barnes. You know, there just there just couldn't be. Now, it might be that you know one member of the U.S. Senate isn't able to you know affect certain change unless their, their party controls the Senate. But just, I mean, I guess that's just the example that comes to mind. You, you look at, at where these two on, are on the various issues, and one is a staunch conservative and one is a screaming liberal, and, that, and that's just the reality of this. Their approach, their worldviews are just completely and totally different. So I guess I think, you know, not to decide is, is to decide in, in some respects. Let's take a quick break. I'm gonna, I've got a number of texts on this. I want to share some of those with you as well. And, you know, we're— we're, we're going to continue the conversation for, for one more segment because we talk so much about voting. I am intrigued by those people who have made the decision that they're not going to vote or they might not vote today. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner. Okay, receiving a number of texts from people who you know, know people who didn't vote and re- responding to that, but that some people are going to make that decision. I, I want to talk about a couple different aspects of things that are going on first. And we discussed this a week or two ago, and, and I confess, it is something that I, I don't get. I, I do not understand. But some of you may have, have done this today. Now, the, the tr- let me just 
here is the harsh truth. Um, when it comes to election results, the next U.S. senator from Wisconsin is either going to be Ron Johnson or Mandela Barnes. It, it, either Ron Johnson's going to be reelected or Barnes is going to beat him. The next governor is going to either be Tim Michaels or Tony Evers will get another turn. Now, why do I say this? Because there will be people that will go in and will vote for someone else, will decide, you know, I, I don't. I don't like the choice. I don't like Ron Johnson. I don't like Mandela Barnes. So I'm going to write in the name of fill in the blank. All right. Well, if you do that, you are, in my opinion, you are wasting your your vote because nobody cares. If Ron Johnson is reelected, for example, he's not going to go back and say, gee, we had one percent of the vote that was cast for fringe candidates or whatever, so I'm going to change my policy for that. If Mandela Barnes is elected, he's not going to go and say, gee, there was like 1% of the voter, people who voted for all these other people, they're not going to do that. I mean, you saw this in 1992 when Bill Clinton ran for the presidency. It was Bill Clinton, first President Bush, and it was Ross Perot. There were people who decided for whatever reasons they wanted to send a message or protest vote or whatever. They voted for Ross Perot. And I think, you know, most political analysts agree that that siphoned off enough votes to, you know, swing the election to Clinton instead of reelecting President Bush. Okay, that's well and good. But Clinton, you know, he didn't govern. Oh, gee, you know, Ross Perot got 8 percent of the vote or 10 percent or whatever it was. He didn't say, no, I'm going to change my policies because X number of people voted for Ross Perot. No, he said, I won. I I won. This is what I am going to do. So I guess my my point of this is that you, you can just like you can make the decision not to vote. I mean, you can go in and you can write in somebody's name. You can vote for some sort of fringe candidate, but but it, it's throwing away your vote because if you don't vote for one of the candidates on the ballot today who has a chance of winning, you know, it doesn't what you're doing. You're not making a statement. You are just simply saying, I'm going to pee away my vote, which is well and good. You, you have just like you have the decision not to go vote. You have the right to go in and write my name and don't do that. But, you know, you can write it. You write your own name, write your wife's name in. doesn't matter. You, you can do that. But that's it's like, why go to vote? Why bother going through all the effort if you are not going to essentially have any say in the outcome? And I understand there's some people who say, no, no, you're making a statement, and it's, it's your way of saying that, you know, you don't like the lesser of the two evils. You know, you refuse to vote for either one of these people because you don't like them or you don't like the two-party system. But if you go in and you write in an obscure name or something like that, now there's a couple exceptions to that. There might be some like local races or whatever where there's a strong campaign that's a real campaign that is being run by a write-in candidate. But beyond that, I mean, if you're writing in somebody's name for governor or you're, you're buying into this, this like sleazy Democrat trick to try to encourage people not to vote for Tim Michaels, but instead vote for Joan Beglinger, who is the independent candidate who has dropped out of the race and who has endorsed Michaels, but they're trying to siphon votes away from Michaels so that Evers might be able to sneak in. If you're voting for a third-party candidate in the context of these elections, if you're writing somebody's name in, in almost all situations, you're just completely and totally wasting your vote. 
at least in my opinion, and I flat just don't understand it. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the WTMJ talk and text line. And again, just like I wasn't abusing people for making the decision not to vote, what is to be gained, if anything, by going in and just writing in the name of a candidate who has no chance of winning at all. Now, like I said, there might be an exception, a local race where you've got there's one candidate on the ballot and there's somebody who's mounting a write-in challenge and they're actually campaigning. But I'm talking about just go in and say, I don't like Evers, I don't like Michael, so I'm going to write in fill in the blank. Well, that fill in the blank is not going to win. And it's essentially, why bother going to vote if you're going to do that? 855-616-1620. We discuss in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Wagner is back right after this on WTMJ. Brookfield, Greenfield, or downtown Milwaukee. You can take a look at our selection at KenMichaelsFurniture.com. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620, which is the WTMJ talk and text line. Some people will go out to vote today, and they will they will write in names on their ballot. The argument will be, I don't like Tim Michaels. I don't like Tony Evers. So I'm going to write in Bill Clinton. I'm going to write in Tommy Thompson, What, whatever. And I guess I legitimately do not understand that because Bill Clinton isn't going to be the next governor of Wisconsin. Tommy Thompson's not going to be the next governor of Wisconsin. When you do that— You are just throwing away your vote and to say, well, I'm voting my conscience. Well, okay, then why bother? Because you're just essentially saying, at least in my opinion, I'm not going to be part of the process when you do something like that. Let's talk to William in St. Francis. William, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi. I just wanted to say that I cannot disagree with you more. The reason to show show up there and vote today is because there are two very important referendums. If you want to write in the words, none of the above for each and every office, that's your right. You make your opinion known. But the referendums are very important. The first one is, do you want assault weapons banned in Wisconsin? The second one is, do you want marijuana legalized? Everybody's got an opinion on that. So it's worth showing up to vote. Well, I'm not in, well, William, wait, I'm not encouraging people not to go vote. I'm actually encouraging them to make a decision because you, you said earlier, when you write in none of the above, you're making your opinion known. Or what, 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 but nobody cares about that. That's like saying I'm not participating because none of the above isn't going to win. I, I still disagree with you because you are letting everybody know that, no, I don't care for this. We need better candidates. But, but nobody cares. you got to show up and vote for those referendums. Well, thanks. Okay. I, I, look, I, I understand we've got the, you know, we've, we've got the, the pot referendum, which is the same one that they put on the Milwaukee County ballot four years ago because they're trying to turn out that vote to hope that they're going to vote for Evers. But, that, but that's, not, that's not the point. I, I don't, don't want to talk about the referendums and the political motivation behind that. It, it's more like if you say, his point was, if you say none of the above— you know what? What you're doing is you're express. You're saying that you want better candidates. Well, I got news for you, William. Nobody gives a rat's rump about that. That you don't have better candidates. You have the choice is is Tim Michaels or Tony Evers in this example. Those are the choices. One of the two of them will be elected governor. So when you say I want better choices, do you think Tim Michaels or Tony Evers, whoever wins, is going to go back and look and say, oh, we had uh, 200 people that said none of the above. They didn't want me. Um, and they want the other guy either. They wanted better candidates. So I'm going to govern differently. No. And that's my only point by not deciding 
And again, the exception I put in is there are some races where you have one candidate's on the ballot and then there's somebody who's running a, a concentrated write-in campaign. But that's that's not the situation that happens mostly. It's just, well, I'm going to write in this particular name. Um, Jeff, your argument means no one should ever vote for state offices in California or Illinois or Utah. No, it doesn't mean that at all. I mean, there there will you you have the point is that like California is overwhelmingly democratic. I guess no, because if enough people come in and, and vote for the Republican candidate. Well, then, you know, California at one point in time, you know, in presidential elections, Ronald Reagan carried California. Richard Nixon, I believe, carried California as well. No, I, I'm, you, you have things that switch. It's not saying I'm just saying that if you just write in the name of somebody who's not running or somebody who has absolutely no chance, that's where you're just flat out throwing your vote away. And, and maybe it makes you feel better that you're throwing your, you know, vote away. But why why bother, um, you know, then? And a couple of people are pointing out that, the, you know, the referendum is only in Milwaukee County. There's a couple. And what they're doing in Milwaukee County is they're trying to, again, juice the vote for they're, – they're hoping that if – People who, for example, support legalizing marijuana will turn out. They'll also vote for Tony Evers. That's the idea. Jeff, if you're not educational enough to pick the lesser of two evils, then you shouldn't be voting. Well, I, look, I, I, you don't have to vote. I, I get it. And you, you have those choices. I'm just saying, again, I flat out don't understand why you would do this. And if you think, well, it's a matter of concerts, I don't like any of them. Well, okay, then that's that's like saying I'm not going to decide. Then then just then stay home or, or leave the thing blank, I guess, if you feel, you know, that way. But by saying, okay, well, I want none of the above, I'm going to send a message. No, you're, you're, nobody cares about that message. Let's talk to John on the uh, north side. John, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, well, my thing is this here. If you don't know who to vote for, like you say, you ought to vote, then get with a friend or somebody or a relative and just vote with the way they vote. You know, just say, well, we'll try to help get your guy in. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's really simple, you know, but you need to vote. You know, either way, you may not know nothing about either one of them, but grab onto a friend and say, man, how you buy your vote, you know. Or, well, right, yeah, somebody uh, somebody you like, you trust, abs- abs- absolutely. Talk talk to your friends. That's I mean, all it's, I'm saying. It's important enough, John, to even talk to your family. You know, maybe, maybe somebody's got, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, talk, that's it. No, thanks. I, right. I mean, I guess that's—if— and. And look, and I, I understand in the first segment of this program, I defended people's right to stay home. I mean, if I, I don't think we should have a system where you're forced to vote. I, I don't get it. Don't understand that. But it's, you know, this is and, and there might be certain races where you just decide, OK, well, I just in, in good conscience, I can't vote for either one of them. That's fine if you decide to do it. But understand you're throwing away your vote. It, it really is. I know people hate this phrase, but it is a binary choice. And you could say, well, I wish we had better candidates. Well, I mean, I've been around politics for a long, long time, and, and you hear that every election. Well, I wish we had better candidates. I don't, I don't agree with this person on that or that person with this. Well, this is the system that we, we end up having. And if you choose not to participate, go with God. Then, then don't participate in this. Uh, Mike in Wauwatosa. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff, I think it's uh, one step further. I don't think the little computer is even going to register your uh, uh, none of the above, right? So your voice will never be heard. And in my polling place, I just got back, it'd be a waste of an hour and 15 minutes of your life because you're not even going to be heard. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. So, so you know what? Right, exactly. Why, 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 why bother? Oh, I, I wrote in, I wrote in my favorite, you know, rap musician. I wrote in Jimmy Buffett's name. What, whatever. Okay, well, you, you did it. Okay, you, you have just thrown away your vote. You're exactly right, John. Why wait for that? Now, somebody says. I haven't gone to the polls yet today, but will later. Do you have to select one of the candidates for governor, or can you leave it blank? Um, no, you, you do not have to. There's nothing that says that you, you have to vote. Matter of fact, they, they have, you know, what, what they talk about a lot of times is ballot fatigue. Um, as people go down the ballot, they, they tend to vote less. For example, let's say you've got the presidential race. People vote for president. And then the next race is U.S. Senate. And then a lot of times what you'll see is fewer people vote for Senate total than vote for president. Then you go down to the next office, and maybe it's Congress. Well, fewer people vote for Congress than they do for Senate. And, and you move down the ballot, and by the time you get to, I don't know, the eighth or ninth race, the state assembly or, or whatever, fewer people are voting there than vote for president. That's what they call ballot fatigue, is fewer people vote as you go down the line. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, people just, a lot of times I think people say, well, I don't really know the difference between you know who's running in the state legislature or whatever, so I'm going to leave it blank. No, you can leave it blank if, if you want, but in these big high-profile races, if you think you're making a statement by not voting, the only statement is that you're willing to throw away your vote, and I personally don't understand it. One of our texters says, Jeff, my write-in vote was for you. Didn't say which office it was for. And my comment was, if nominated, I will not run. If elected, I will not serve. If I can just channel Lyndon Johnson back in, what was that, 1967 or, or whatever. But I, I, look, you, you get to do what, what you want. And I'm just making the point that for people who are going in and, and putting in these write-in votes because they want to you know, make a statement, I'm just telling nobody cares. You know, you know, it, it might be, again, you, you might be saying, well, I'm making a statement, so I'm happy. But nobody nobody cares because, best example, you know, Bill Clinton, he didn't say, gee, Ross Perot got 10 percent of the vote or whatever he did. And he, he's maybe swung enough votes so that I I was able to become the president. He didn't govern to try to appeal to Perot's people. He, he said, hey, I won. It doesn't matter. Um, I, 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 I won by a plurality. Nobody cares. I'm the president. I got the power. I'm going to do what I'm going to um, do. You know, it's interesting. One of our texters says, I have my daughter vote because she doesn't care about voting. Um, when she returns to me with an I voted sticker, I reward her with $10. Hmm. Hmm. Don't tell too many people about that because it, you know, some parties might say it's kind of an election fraud thing. But you get the idea. I was thinking about that. She says maybe someday she will have a better understanding of why we need to vote. I, I always enjoy this. I, I just remember, and and I do think for a lot of people, voting it's it's a it's a learned kind of response. My parents always voted. Okay, I grew up in Glendale and I can remember. I mean, I remember as a as a kid, little kid, what would happen is my dad would come home from work and my mom and dad would get my brother and I, we'd we'd pile into the car, they'd drive up to the elementary school that I went to, Green Tree Elementary that is long gone, and they would go in and, and they would vote. Sometimes they'd take us with us, sometimes we'd sit in the car, but they went to vote. And then after they voted, this was kind of our family tradition, we'd find some restaurant in the area and, and we'd go out. But that was, I mean, I learned on an early level, early time, that th- it was important that you went out and, and you voted. 
And so that, that's always kind of stayed with me. So for, for nothing else, I think that's, if you've got kids, I, I think, you know, you want to instill them in them the, the importance of, of voting. And I'm, I'm reasonably certain that my parents, you know, never, you know, wrote in candidates' names. All right, there, there's another aspect of the election that I, and I got to get this all out of my system before, you know, tomorrow we're going to be talking about the results and stuff. There is something going on. Doesn't matter if you're a Republican, doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. It's something that I guarantee we all find annoying. I will explain that and we will discuss. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Remember in the first segment of the program, we were talking about people who, who don't vote. And we got a call from one of our listeners, Betty in Waukesha, who said, well, I vote all the time. But my husband, he's kind of on the fence and I am driving to work. This is his lunch hour. I am picking him up. I am taking him to the polling place, and we are going to vote. And she was reasonably confident that if she could get him to the polling place, he would vote the same way that she would, would vote. And that uh, I, I asked, okay, if they, if they stand in line, you know, is he, is, is he going to bail? You know, is he going to take an Uber? She said, nope, you know, but I, I'm going to make him, I'm going to get him there, and he's going to vote. And she just did a follow-up. Jeff, just talked to you on the radio. This is Betty. I picked up my husband. We were 1342 and 1343 in Waukesha. So, okay, you know, Betty, Betty followed through with that. All right. There are just so many interesting aspects of this. Okay, let's talk. Let us talk about one thing that I hope we could perhaps all agree on. You know, I understand that we've got conservatives, we're liberal, some are conservatives, some are liberal, we've got Republicans, Democrats. I understand all this. But I, I think <clears throat> there, there's a couple things that happen during every voting season that reminds me of, of stuff that you don't like. Now, I understand that we, we don't like the ads. We get all overwhelmed with the ads. But the truth of that is there's at least some ways that you can avoid the ads. You don't have to watch the TV or you can mute it. Or if you're watching, you know, something on DVR or whatever, you can fast forward through the ads. Admittedly, it's tougher on the radio, but there, there's things that you can do. You can ignore them. You know, you go on a particular website and you've got that pop-up ad that says, I don't know, Tim Michaels wants to, I, I don't know, kill puppies or whatever. And he's been accused of pretty much everything else during this campaign. But you can, you can at least ignore that. There's one thing that is very, very difficult to, to ignore, and I don't know about you, but I have been getting several of them, and I'm hearing texts from people who've been getting a ton of them in particular today. I am talking about the robocalls and the robo-texts. Now, interestingly, where I live, we have a Republican congressman, a Republican state senator— and we have a, a Democrat state representative. That, that's just the area where I live. I have over the, I don't know, last week and a half, I, I have gotten at least a dozen calls, a dozen robo-texts, you know, reminding me to go out and vote for the Democratic representative for assembly. Well, I, I, that didn't happen. And, and it would say, if you don't want to, if you want to stop getting these text stop back, so I'll put S-T-O-P. And, and if, if nothing else, I mean, I voted two weeks ago. I, it, is, it is useless to, you know, keep telling me texts to make sure you get out, sending me texts to tell me to make sure I got out to the polls because I'm not going back and vote a second or third time. So, I mean, I just I said, no, I'm not doing this. But yet I, I'm being bombarded with these, these various texts. 
One of the uh, texts that we got, and I'm talking about a personal phone. How, how they got my personal phone number, I do not know. I, one of the texts I got in the last segment was somebody said, look, I, I'm going to go out. I'm, I'm voting Republican. But I swear, the guy said, I, I've gotten at least 20 of these, you know, robo texts um, telling me, to reminding me to go out and vote. And I'm almost at the point where if they send me one more, I'm just on principle not going to go out and vote. Our number is 855-616-1620, which is the WTMJ talk and text line. Here, here is my question. Have you—I I have not gotten robocalls, but I, I don't have a landline and haven't for a number of years. I haven't gotten robocalls on, on my cell phone, but I have gotten more than my share of robotexts from a variety of different candidates— and, and me, even just saying, if you want to stop this, just te- just text stop back, and I'll say stop, and then you know, thirty minutes later, I'll, I'll get I'll get another text reminding me to go out and vote for this person or whatever. Our number eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's a WTMJ talk and text line. Have have you have you been getting a ton of these, or is it just me? <laughs> and don't you want to make it stop? I mean, at, at, at some point in time, I mean, I, I, I understand that you want to, you know, reinforce people's interest and, in, okay, go out and, and vote. I mean, now I'm getting texts from a candidate that I, I did not vote for and would never support, but but even though, and then I, I would say, stop, don't send me any more of this. And a day later, it's, well, you know, so-and-so is running for assembly. Make sure you get out and vote for him. No, I, I didn't vote for him. I wouldn't vote for him. Stop telling me to do this because it's annoying when my phone goes off all the time and I because there might be a, a text message that I get from somebody that I really do care about. All right, 855-616-1620, if you notice this. So I, I'm probably like you. I, I, I have my cell phone, and when, for example, when I'm on the air, I, I have it with me, but I have it on, on silent, you know? But it, so, and, and most people know, who know me, not that many people have the number, and people who know me know don't don't send me texts and stuff on the air unless it's really important. And so when the thing goes off, I, I tend to look at it, and I'm getting all these ro- these robo texts. You know, did you know so and so is running? Be sure to get out and vote. And if you don't want to get this anymore, text stop. And so you text stop, and that does not help at all. Our number eight five five six one six one six twenty. Let's start with Steve in Bayview. Steve, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon. I have a a throwaway cell phone, which I paid $20 for. Now, I paid cash. I also paid cash for the card that gives me minutes. So nobody knows who I am, not the... uh, Yeah, you got a burner phone, yeah. And, of course, I get all these uh, telemarketer (laughs) phone calls, and uh, they're just robocalls. They do thousands at a time, and... I wouldn't take it too personally with some people because they don't even know who the people they are is calling. Yeah. Call me up. Nobody knows I own this phone number. No one in the world. So I don't take it personally. I don't think other people should take it so personally. Well, I mean, it, no, I think they should call you, but no, it's annoying. <laughs> and, and look, okay, you got a burner phone and you're getting those. And I, I mean, I don't know how it works, but if, if I'm paying for the minutes, for example, on that, I'd be really irritated if I'm getting all these unsolicited calls. But no, it's, I mean, I don't know if it's a question of personal, but it, it's an annoyance when, you know, your, your text, when your phone is clogged up with these text machines, with these text uh, robotexts, or if you're getting calls at home saying, you know, make sure you voted for this. And, and to give you an idea, I mean, let me give you a perspective for some of the uh, 
the text. Jeff, 20 robo-texts minimum a day. It has gotten out of hand. I know who I'm voting for, and I've conveyed that to them. It still continues even after I have requested that I stop. Um, Jeff, I no longer even live in the 414 area code, but continue to receive texts from Democratic candidates for the last two weeks. Even more upsetting is I am now receiving spammed spam text messages since this has started. Um, Jeff, I've had many texts for a few weeks now. I just ignore them. They always start with, hey, you know, hey, Bartley. I'm not Bartley. I've never known a Bartley. Jeff, we have a landline. You're the one. We have a landline, and we've been getting up to 26 calls a day. We stopped answering the phone, so now no one can reach us. Yeah, but the problem is, you know, you've got the the phone still going to ring. Jeff, I received one text and responded with, I vote Republican. I have not received any more. Um, Jeff, I've had several robocalls and texts. I block and delete the numbers immediately. I think it is, in fact, super annoying. You know, our texter says, well, I wouldn't take it. Our caller says, I wouldn't take it personally. Well, no, it's not a question of are they singling me out, but it's more like, I think this becomes counterproductive at a point, and you get to a point where it starts to annoy people where you're just swamped with these things. Okay, so you get the one call, hey, uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're a donor to the Democratic Party, you're a donor to the Republican Party, you're on the list of some of these candidates, and you get the one text saying, hey, remember this important race, go out and vote. That, that's okay. But I'm talking about you know, the every 10 minutes or, you know, three times a day you're getting these things. Jeff, I hate the texts. I wish they would call instead because then I could end up blocking the numbers. Jeff, I get about five of these robo-texts per day. I just got one as you were setting up the topic. I always reply, stop, and you're right. That does not help. Um, Jeff, I get a lot of political texts. In fact, I think I get a metric ton of texts. I'm happy to report that I was responsible enough not to skip voting on principle because it certainly was annoying. Jeff, I've gotten several of them as well. I'm always afraid to reply stop like they say because that might actually tell them that they've got a working number and I might get more of them. It is kind of frustrating. Right, and that's that's the I mean that's the downside of that. You and some people are saying no, what you do is just you don't respond to them at all, you just end up blocking them. Just saying stop has has not worked in my case. Let's talk to Peter in Delavan. Peter, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hello, Jeff. Are they going to pay me? for all these messages that they send me that I pay for. <laughs> so you're one of these that when you get that text, you get you have to pay for the text you get, huh? Well, especially the, the picture messages that they're sending me, in, including the ones for that Joan Benglinger. Benglinger, right, who's, who's not running, yeah, who's dropped, dropped out, out and yeah. endorsed Michaels, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, yep. so you're, you're getting you're getting those saying, "Hey, she's the real conservative. Vote for her." That's so you're getting those. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, no, that that that's it. It is an annoyance. No, thanks for the call, Peter. Oh, by the way, if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner six twenty. I, I know that th- there's lots of dirty, slimy tricks that are pulled, and this this story. It's—I sent out a tweet yesterday. It is amazing to me, almost unbelievable, that the mainstream media in this state has not covered this story. 
And if you want to understand media bias, this is the classic example, because if this was being done by Republicans, this would be the headline story. The only place I have seen it today, Fox 6, has a news story about it. I do not believe the local newspaper, the Gannett newspaper, has written about this because I believe it would serve to— well, alert maybe some people that, you know, that they shouldn't do what the sleazy, dirty tricksters are trying to get them to do, and that might undermine the Evers campaign. If you haven't been following this, Joan Beglinger got her name on the ballot as an independent candidate. You need to get 2,000 signatures and you get on the ballot. She w- was running as a conservative alternative, really, to Rebecca Clayfish, you know, back in, in the primary. So Beglinger is on the ballot, All right? Michaels wins the primary. Joan Beglinger says, look, I, I, I support Tim Michaels. I am dropping out. I do not want to be used by the Tony Evers supporters. I don't want to siphon votes away from Michaels. I am voting for Michaels. I support Michaels. I have dropped out of the race. What has happened is you have one of these slimy, dirty, money, dark money groups who has been running ads. The last number I saw, it was over 600000 bucks, but it's probably more than that now. And what they are doing is they are sending out mailings, they are targeting like pop-up ads, um, and they are saying Michaels is not conservative enough. That Michaels, Michaels, hey, he, he's got a place in Connecticut, and you know the people in Connecticut are, are gun grabbers, and he, he, you know, he's lived in New York, which he did as part of his, you know, job, and you know, you know how New York people are about abortion, pro-abortion. Pro-gun grabbing. They're, they're running th- this stuff. Vote for Joan Beglinger. And this is, and I think, you know, I don't know if we're ever going to get to the bottom of it, but this is this slimeball lefty group that is trying to siphon votes away from Tim Michaels. Joan Beglinger is not running. Her name will be on the ballot, but she has dropped out. She is endorsing Tim Michaels. She is encouraging people to vote for Tim Michaels. This is an effort, again, to siphon votes that would otherwise go away to Michaels, that you might have some low-information voter who say, Tim Michaels is pro-abortion? Well, I can't vote for for him. Tim Michaels wants to take my guns? I can't vote for him. See, because the problem is, in all the polls— Evers is stuck around 47 or 48 percent. That is a bad spot for an incumbent to be. So the thinking is, if there's something you can do to stop Tim Michaels from getting 50 percent, well, okay, maybe Evers can squeak through. How can you do that? Well, convince people who would otherwise vote for Evers to vote for this Joan Beglinger because Evers isn't conservative enough. It is the slimiest thing that I think you have seen going on in Wisconsin politics pretty much, well— Think, I don't know that I can think of anything else that was quite as sleazy as this, and, and it hasn't been exposed. It, we, we know it's out there, but unless you listen to programs like this or follow some of the political websites, you don't know that this is happening. And the local news media, with the exception, now I'm willing to be corrected, but the only time I saw this was a Fox News story, has made a decision that they're not going to report this. This would be a screaming headline if you had a Republican dark money group that was trying to siphon votes away from Tony Evers with these type of lies. But because this benefits Evers, there has been a media cover up on it. And it just, again, demonstrates the incredible bias that exists, you know, in the mainstream media. And if 
if Michaels comes up a little bit short because, you know, maybe 2% of the people who would have otherwise voted for Michaels believed some of these ads, well, then the, the slime balls that have been running this stuff, they will, they will have accomplished their goal, aided and abetted by the mainstream media in this state. Now, just to give you a perspective on the, the, the slimy stuff, trying to – suggesting that Tim Michaels is – he's pro-abortion. Tim Michaels is a gun grabber. Okay, um, here, here's the deal. In the, the last Marquette University Law School poll, the November 2nd one, that showed Evers and Michaels tied. And I think – actually, I think Michaels is slightly ahead, but, but that's – but it's all within the margin of error. All right, 2 percent. Two percent of the voters were still supporting Joan Beglinger, who is this independent candidate, who, as I say, uh, she she ran as a she got involved as a conservative. Once Michaels got the Republican nomination, she didn't want to be used by the Evers forces as a as a spoiler. She has dropped out of the race. Now, her name still appears in the ballot because that's the way it works. And she said, vote for Tim Michaels. But she was still pulling two percent of the vote in the Marquette poll. Okay, that this is. This is the way, and the Evers folks know, that they can't get to 50%. They're stuck at 47 or 48%. So the only way they win, they figure, is if they can siphon off some Michaels votes by encouraging people to vote for Joan Beglinger, by our, people who would otherwise vote for Michaels, by saying, oh, he's, he's pro-abortion. Well, you can say many things about Tim Michaels, but you can't say he's pro-abortion. You can, matter of fact, none of the Democratic ads for months have been saying he's pro-abortion. You can say many things about Tim Michaels, but you can't say he's a gun grabber. But yet that's what they're doing. And they're, they're, vote for Joan Beglinger because it's this slimy technique trying to siphon votes away for and it's when you look at when you look at big lies in the election campaign, I think this these particular ads are the biggest lie that's out there. Somebody texted me and say, "Oh, both parties do it." No, my challenge was give me another example where anybody, Republican or Democrat, has done something like this over the course of the last twenty years. I'll, I'll be interested to see what people think. This is beyond just the well, you know, got the misleading ads or whatever. This is just absolute falsehoods and. The mainstream media, I think because they want to see Michaels lose and they want to see Evers win, decided with one or two exceptions that they weren't even going to explore this. And I think that's shameful. All right. It's 48 degrees. I'm Alex Crow, Siding Unlimited, WTMJ News Time, 134. One of our texters says, well, Jeff, you know, remember in 2016, Joan Stein was running as part of the Green Party, and she pulled a couple percentage points of the vote away and might have cost Hillary the, the election in Wisconsin. But that, that's different than this. First of all, unlike Joan Beglinger, Joan Stein was running. She was campaigning. All right, that's that's number one. Beglinger has dropped out and endorsed Michaels. Number two, I don't remember seeing any dark money GOP ads saying Hillary Clinton isn't liberal enough. Vote for Joan Stein. That's what makes this so very, very remarkable. Yeah, there, there's always been third-party candidates that come along and, and siphon off some votes. I gave the example, I think the first President Bush wins, beats Bill Clinton if Ross Perot isn't in the race. There's some people who think that if Ralph Nader wasn't running in 2000, the the, the George W. Bush and the Al Gore race, that Al Gore would have ended up winning. So there's always third-party candidates that potentially play spoilers. George Wallace in 1968, maybe. You know, that's always there. But this isn't what this is. This is outright deceit. 
designed to try to get some Michaels voters to think that Michaels is something other than he is and vote for a candidate who's already dropped out of the race and endorsed him. When we come back, what about an election day? I will explain. We will discuss. Stay tuned. Jeff Wagner returns. MJ. Yes, Jill Stein. Joan Stein is somebody else. Jill Stein. Yes, Jill Stein was the Green Party candidate. Okay, you will notice uh, tonight something. I'm not sure that there's. I'm not sure that there's any other night that this happens. Maybe Christmas Eve. Maybe Christmas Eve. But tonight, there are no NBA games. No NBA games at all. Um, all 30 NBA teams, as a matter of fact, played yesterday. Full slate. The Bucks again play play tomorrow. But there are no NBA games. And this is intentional. It's just not a quirk of the schedule. There's no NBA games because the NBA has decided to take Election Day off to encourage people to vote. That's it. So the idea is we don't want people to have to be distracted and worry about coming to a baseball, a basketball game, you know, after work or something. We want to give them every opportunity they possibly can to, to vote. And I think that that's kind of an, an interesting sort of thing. And it's certainly, you know, within the the realm of possibility, you know, if businesses decide to do that, um, some businesses, as a matter of fact, some businesses um, give people paid time off to vote. Um, in some states, the law says even if you don't have to give people paid time off to vote, you know, people are entitled to have, you know, unpaid time off if they want to go out and, and vote. My question is the broader one. If we all agree that participation is a good thing, here is my question. Should Election Day, and I guess I'm talking about the, the, the partisan elections, we can, we can argue about the spring elections, but, but should today, you know, every two years, the, you know, it, it can't be earlier than November 2nd and it can't be later than November 8th, you know, we, we have, we have a, an election, partisan elections in this country. Should Election Day be a national holiday? And the idea being when, like, our banks are closed, you know, when we just just treat this, you know, the the banks are closed, the stock market's closed, where it's treated as a national holiday, sort of like, you know, Christmas would would be treated sort of like the 4th of July, where people would not be required to go into work, you know, except, again, you know, you'd have to treat it like it's a holiday, I guess. Some people, you got to be at the hospitals and the radio stations are going to stay on the air. But should Election Day be a national holiday where, in order to give people a greater opportunity to go out and vote. 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ talk and text line. I mean, we have all sorts of holidays that we, we now mandate, and it seems like every year we've, we've got an extra holiday for this or that or the other. Should Election Day be a national holiday? 855-616-1620. Let's discuss it. Okay, so the, the NBA has canceled, but I don't say canceled. They did not schedule games tonight. And the idea is they, they don't want to interfere with voting. They want to encourage people to go out and, and vote. And this raises the larger question that's out there. Should, should Election Day, should today, November 8th this year, should it be a national holiday? 
where essentially businesses are closed down. We treat it like the 4th of July. We treat it like, I, I don't know, you know, some of the other holidays that are New Year's Day or whatever, and to, in order to make it easier for people to vote. Jeff, heck no. Like you said yesterday, give me strength. Maybe Black Friday should be a national holiday. Um, we'll go to the phones in just a second. Jeff, since we have early and absentee voting, along with most companies allowing you to take all time for voting, you know, many with paid time off, I don't think it needs to be a holiday. Jeff, a holiday every two and four years to vote? No. And what elections would the holiday apply to? Well, in my example, it would be these November elections, not the primaries, not the spring elections that come up on various days. Jeff, I don't think Election Day should be a national holiday. I think as a nation we do quite well with our election process and accommodating everyone's schedule. I think if we made it a national holiday, it might actually work against getting the vote out. I think some people would take the day off and do something fun or vacation, etc. I would say just keep it the way it is. Marie in Germantown says, no, Election Day should not be a national holiday. There are so many ways to vote. And then she goes through a variation. Um, another texter says, absolutely it should be. Jeff, why do we have four elections per year? Let's combine the spring elections with the fall elections and have two days off. Voters can make decisions about local, state, and federal elections. You know, there's always been some thinking about combining the nonpartisan and the partisan races. 855-616-1620. That's a WTMJ talk and text line. Let's start with Jim in Cedarburg. Jim, good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Good. What do you think? Hey, hey Jeff. I think as a former high school social studies and history teacher and government teacher, I've always been in favor, Jeff, of it being a national holiday. However, instead of on the second Tuesday in the month of November, who knows where the historical roots of that are, why not have it on the 5th of July? Everybody knows when the 4th is. They're off already anyway. Really, it would make it a very patriotic week, you know, and if the 5th falls on a Saturday or a Sunday, I then have it on the third that year. You know, it'd be pretty easy for people to figure out, and it'd be a marvelous extra spin on us celebrating our national patriotism. Is it, so that's my thought. Okay, you're, you're the history teacher, so I, I, I hesitate to get too far over my skis. Is, isn't the November dates, isn't that in the Constitution? I, I could be wrong about that. Uh, yeah, it, it is, Jeff, you know, okay. but how hard would it be to make that? They probably have fun with it. They like wasting time on all kinds of other things. <laughs> okay. and it isn't hard for them coming up with new holidays. <laughs> okay, so fair, why no, not? No, fair enough. Thanks for God. We just because I was I I I just I, again I didn't want to get too far over my skis with that one, but I was thinking I think that's that's something that's in the Constitution eight five five six one six one six twenty, which is the WTMJ talk and text line. Mike in Illinois. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Happy Election Day. Same to you, sir. I'm glad it is here. Okay, what do you think? A, a national holiday to let people vote? Definitely not. Um, I agree with a lot of the texters that texted in. Um, we already have ample opportunities to vote, and that would just be just another day off for people, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like how Columbus Day is or uh, President's Day. Those are extremely important days. But I don't think that should be a national holiday where businesses are required to do it. Um, you have mail-in balloting. You have mail-in ballots. You have early voting. Um, two weeks worth, if it's not more in some states. Yeah. To make it a national holiday would not be smart economically, or it, it doesn't even make sense. It's like that one caller said, it might even discourage voting because people would just use it as a day off, kind of like Columbus Day or yeah. President's Day. I don't see people honoring those 
you know, there are parades sometimes on Columbus Day, but I just don't think it's necessary. Yeah, thanks for calling. I, I, I agree. Here, here's kind of how I come down on this. I think it is unnecessary to do that, given that the fact that, that we have all these other ways to vote. Now, if you wanted to say, we are going to have Election Day be a national holiday, and we're going to have 24-hour voting or something on whatever date that would be, and we're going to do this, and that's the only day you can vote. We're, we're, not, we're not going to allow early in-person voting like we do. We're not going to allow mail-in balloting, absentee voting through the mail. Um, well, maybe then, but you know, maybe then I'd see it, but I don't think so. I, I think, you know, right now, look, here, here's the bottom line of all this, and I know some people don't like this, but the, the more and more we are moving towards less in-person voting. That, that's just that's just the reality. I mean, my guess is in Wisconsin. You know, you're going to probably have, well, certainly more than a third. My guess is probably around 40% of the votes are ultimately going to be absentee votes, whether it's via mail or, or whether, like I did and my wife did, the, the early in-person voting. That, that's, that's what we're doing to move away, to encourage the, it, the people to vote and to make it more convenient to vote. As long as we continue to allow those options, the mail-in stuff, the early in-person voting, I, I don't think it's necessary to have a special day for elections. I mean, my, my, why should I get a day off? I mean, if I've, I've already voted. I, I went on my own time two weeks ago, and I voted. And I think a lot of people are in that situation. Why, if I have that option, why should I get an extra day off? To me, that, that doesn't make any sense. Now, if you're talking about taking that option away from me, then we, we can have that. But I would argue that would probably— make it more difficult for people to vote. I mean, what about the people who are have plans to get out of town? I put my wife on an airplane this morning, for example. You know, how, how would you accommodate that? I think what we're doing now essentially renders turning Election Day into a national holiday. It makes that completely unnecessary, ultimately redundant. And again, given that, I, I'd, I'd love to have a day off, I guess. But, you know, why do I need a day off when I voted two weeks ago? If you told me, okay, you can't vote two weeks ago, Jeff— and you, you have to go, well, maybe you can make a better argument for it. But given all the ways that we allow people to vote now early, seems to me no need to have to do that. Veterans Day honors the incredible sacrifices made by our brave men and women who served in the United States military. This week, we recognize all Americans who fought for us and continue to fight for our great country. From WTMJ, from the station, and from me personally, we thank you for your service. Happy Veterans Week, presented by Tabak Law's Veterans Benefit Center. All right. Uh, Jeff, taverns used to be closed on Election Day. It was a paid holiday for the brewery workers. Um, Jeff, don't most unions get Election Day off? I wonder why that is. Well, I, I don't know that that's the case anymore. Jeff, I think we should have Election Day as a holiday. Look at all those who engage in the holidays we have already. Just imagine kids being grown up, taught about the important day and why we celebrate it. Well, okay, I guess my response would be, if we weren't going to allow early in-person voting and we weren't, if, if we were going to make it like it was when I was growing up where dad comes home from work, mom and dad pile myself and my brother Scott in the car, they drive up to the polling place and then we go out to dinner. Yeah, okay, okay that's the case. 
But nowadays, you know, mom and dad go over two weeks early, they vote or they vote by mail. So if that's the case, what, what's the purpose of giving today off for everybody? Um, you know, just just raising the question. Um, uh, Brendan Oshkosh says, Jeff, it's in and out voting 13 minutes. Yeah, that's why I, when we do the news reports on Election Day, I, I always want people to be careful about this because I, I never – I don't – look, I don't I, – I obviously – have a preference as to how the elections turn out, and that's no secret. But I never want to discourage anybody from not going out and voting. And sometimes the reports that we run, I'm afraid, are are not timely. And by that I mean, you know, polling places, lines aren't necessarily the same all all day long. So, you know, typically what happens is when polling places open up, whenever they open up, what is it, 8 o'clock in the morning or 7, whatever it is today, whatever time it was, there's lots of people that want to vote before work. So they go, they stand in line, and that's why you'll have these reports saying, oh, there's a ton of people that are in line. Well, those are people that wanted to vote before they, they go to work. Um, that doesn't mean just because there's a line at 8 o'clock in the morning that there's going to be a line at 10.15. So you've got a lot of people who want to run out and, and vote on their lunch hour. Well, just because there's a line at 12 o'clock doesn't mean there's going to be a line at 157. So sometimes I, I'm just I always kind of sort of bite my tongue. It's not like some of the reports are inaccurate, but they, they might be a little bit dated. So I always, you know, just just because you hear there's a long line at a polling place doesn't necessarily mean that at that very minute that you might be heading to the polling place that there's a long line and so you'd be discouraged from voting. I mean, just just go there and check it out. The, the heaviest times for votings tend to tend to be early in the morning as people are trying to vote before they go to work, at noon when they're voting on their lunch hour, and then, of course, you know, after work, people get off work and they're trying to stop by and they're, they're trying to cast their, their ballots in. So those are the different factors that, that go on. But just because you're hearing, well, there's a record turnout, and just because there's a long line doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't run run out and, and, and vote now because you, you might not see that line. Okay, we've got a, several more elections-related things to talk about in the 2 o'clock hour of the program, and um, we're going to give you one more opportunity to make your predictions as well. That's coming up at 2.30, but stuff before that as well. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. I am so very glad to have you with us. But one of the things that's so very cool about elections, and I think it's, look, and some people don't care about politics at all. Some of us care a, a lot about that. I always encourage people, of course, to go out and vote. But one of the things that, that draws average people into elections, and, and I noticed this, I, I I first, you know, there's political junkies. I've been a political junkie all my life. But there's people who are like casual, you know, followers who get wrapped up in this. And part of it is because there will be winners and losers. You know, hopefully, you know, I always hope that the elections, I I hope elections in Wisconsin, I hope that tonight, for example, we have a clear-cut winner. I mean, hope that, you know, it's, I, I have my candidates, obviously, that I'm supporting, but, you know, I, Bush Gore, for example, 2000, was just, it was dreadful. It was bad for, that was bad for democracy, where you have this going on and on. But one of the things that I think has such an appeal about politics is that beyond the, just the issues, you, you, you have, you know, you have candidates you're rooting for. And we will, for most of these races, we will know who wins and, and who loses. In, in so much of life, 
it, it's not it's not winning and losing. You know, you you go to work. You know, you you wake up on a on a Tuesday morning. You you come home. You go to work. You come home at night. You know, maybe you've had a good day. Maybe you've had a bad day. But it's it's not like winning and losing. That's one of the things that I think appeals to people about sports. You have winners and losers. There is a finality to it. Elections are that way as well. You get really wrapped up in this. You're supporting your candidate, et cetera, et cetera. And then you, there's a, a date certain. You you find out whether your candidate wins or whether your your candidate loses and that's one of the things that i think you know has this this appeal uh, about politics and kind of draws us all in because yeah i mean i understand we we care about the policy but i think we also end up caring about the process as well all right i want to revisit something we did yesterday because you know after the polls close at eight o'clock tonight it, it's going to be too late to do this um, if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. I, I, I sent out a chance for you to be an amateur pundit. All right. Now, you know, we're, we're going to know how all this turns out, but I want to give you, you know, one more opportunity to to weigh in. My question to you, and I guess it's a couple. First of all, who do you think is going to win the Wisconsin Senate race? Senator Ron Johnson, Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. And what do you think the percentage is going to be and Why? Who do you think is going to win the governor's race, Tim Michaels or Tony Evers? What percentage and why? And if you want to weigh in on you know, who you think is going to control the Senate, the U.S. Senate, I think it's pretty much a given that the Republicans are going to control the House of Representatives. They are going to pick up enough seats to do that. Um, historically, when you have a president— that is um, underwater in the approval ratings in the midterm elections, whether it's Donald Trump, who had like a 46 percent approval rating in 2018, or whether it's Barack Obama, who had a 46 percent or 47 percent approval rating in 2010. Those type of things, and I can give you other examples as well, they, they don't bode well for the party in power. So I think it's pretty clear that at the end of the day, the Republic, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, once the new Congress comes in in January, she's not going to, the Democrats are not going to control the House of Representatives. The Senate is a different sort of issue. So this is your opportunity. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the WTMJ talk and text line. It's bragging rights. Who do you think is going to win these races and by what margin? And if you've got a theory as to why, I'll take that as well. 855-616-1620. Your last chance for election predictions, because come tomorrow, we're going to know how it all turned out, I think. Okay, amateur pundits. Pretty soon, all the punditry is going to be over. We will have that sense of finality. We will know how the election turns out. One more chance to weigh in. Who wins the Wisconsin Senate race? And what percentage do you think it is? Who wins the governor's race? By what percentage? And if you want the extra credit quest, extra credit question, which party controls the U.S. Senate? Right now it is 50-50. I think I said yesterday, um, I, I think Johnson wins 52, 53 percent of the vote. If it's on the higher side, I think that carries Michaels um, because I don't know that I think there's going to be that many ticket splitters, although I think Michaels will probably underperform um, Ron Johnson. I think that race will be broader. I think the Republicans control the U.S. Senate somewhere between 52 and 54 seats, depending on what happens in New Hampshire and Pennsylvania. What do you think? 855-616-1620. Jeff Johnson by 4%. Evers loses 
by less than 1% with a recount pending. U.S. Senate 53 Republican, 47 Democrat. That could that could very well um, happen. No question about it. All right, let's talk to Rob in Green Bay. Rob, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, uh, I think you're kind of right about this. I don't think there's going to be a lot of spling of, of the ticket. Uh, I think Ron Johnson, I, I I took Ron Johnson 52 to 48 percent. Yep. But I really think that Tony Evers has a really good a really good shot to win the, uh, the governor's race. I, I'm more concerned about the Senate. But I think you're dead on what you're dead on with the New Hampshire race with Bolduck. Yeah. He's really closing that race in against Hassan, and that that is really unheard of. And the fact that Zeldin has a really good chance to to beat Hochul in New York, He's governor, yeah, I think I think I right, I I really think the Senate, I think they pick up a lot of seats. Well, you could be I right. Yeah, you could be right, Rob. Thanks for calling. The, the New Hampshire Senate seat is is really interesting. It's this candidate who's kind of come out of out of nowhere. But but here, see, here's part of the thing. The governor's race is also up in New Hampshire, and uh, Governor Sununu, who is incredibly popular, he's in all likelihood going to win by double digits. And it's when you have, like in this case, the governor's candidate, the Republican governor's candidate that wins by that big a margin, there will be some people that ticket split. There, there will be, but it's it's a tougher challenge. I mean, it's you, most of these politicians end up having coattails. Ron Johnson had coattails in 2016. He beat fine Russ Feingold by a broader margin than Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton. And, you know, one of the reasons I, I began to realize that you know, Donald Trump was going to win Wisconsin in 2016 is I was watching these numbers come in, and I saw where Johnson's were. And even though Trump was underperforming Johnson, he was still, you know, maintaining these these kind of numbers. So I think, you know, there there is— there is something to that that the governor's race is definitely, I think, going to be closer. The um, the the other interesting irony, and if if Republicans take the Senate, and if Republicans pick up governorships, I think one of the interesting things that you know political scientists are going to scientists are going to look at is during the primaries, Democrats, national Democrats, spent a ton of money. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to identify the Republicans that they thought were going to be the weakest candidates, and then they, they put money into their races you know, because this is – I mean, you, you want to talk about a cynical view of, of, of politics. The idea was, oh, you know, we, we think that there's politicians that are too extreme, et cetera, but we're going to put a bunch of money in trying to get them elected, trying to get them through the primaries, because then we think it's going to be easier to beat them in the general election. Now, that's that's the ultimate in cynicism, but but okay, that, that's the way they did it. But now what's turning out, and you're seeing this in Arizona, you're seeing it in Ohio, um, maybe a couple other places as well. Pennsylvania, if Oz holds on and wins, if Oz somehow ends up winning that race, what you're seeing is that a lot of these candidates who were identified, who now the argument is, oh, they're too extreme, but yet they were supported by national Democrats and got a lot of money to get them through, they might turn out to win. And that's going to be one of the interesting things if that does, in fact, happen. And I say if, but if it happens, I think there's going to be a lot of people looking and saying, okay, not only did we make this cynical attempt to try to actively play in the other party's primaries, invest in what we thought were the weakest candidates, but now it kind of blew up on us because these supposedly weakest candidates ended up winning. 
Let's talk to Ron and Racine. Ron, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, Jeff. I, Ron Johnson's going to win by four points at least. Um, I don't quite understand it because when I see, uh, when I listen to like Barack Obama, he said the truth about him in that he wants to put Social Security on the chopping block all the time. Like every so every year or every so often, he wants Social Security to be voted on. You know how that goes when they, when Congress Congress can't pass a budget for crying out loud, let alone vote. I'm a senior, and that's the only thing I'm concerned about is whether or not my Social Security is going to keep going. Your Social Security isn't and, going anywhere, Ron. The only, the only thing that's going to hurt Social Security is if we don't do something to figure out how to get more money into it and it they can't pay out the benefits in 13 years. I mean, that's, that's the thing they worry about. You see what I'm saying? He wants to make it so that they have to have a, a thing on there every well, year or so to keep it going. Well, n- yes, and I mean, Ron, thank, yes and no. I mean, I've had Ron Johnson on. We, we've gone through this, and this is, this is one of the big semi-half-truths of the campaign. Ron Johnson correctly looks at Social Security and says, we are paying out more than our, we are coming in, they're coming in. We have to do something or else in X number of years, whether it's seven years or eight years or 10 years, whatever it is, the projections are different. Social Security will not have enough money to pay the benefits at this level. That, that's the reality. So what Johnson is saying is we need to make Social Security a priority, and we need to make sure that it's funded you know, fully every year. But the only way we can do that is if we continue to make it a budget priority and, and we review it on a regular basis to make sure it has enough money to meet its obligations, as opposed to we're just going to ignore it and stick our head in in the sand and then wait and see what happens when it it ends up not having enough money to pay benefits. But I I understand that's—we might talk about this in the next couple of days. To me, this is one of the most frustrating aspects of politics is you can't have legitimate discussions about things. It's like, well, he he said he's going to take away my Social Security. And then, I mean, I've been seeing this, you know, this is what Democrats have done for the last 30 years. Said, oh, they want to take away Social Security. They want to put old people out on an iceberg and just float them away. No, the, the problem is something needs to be done. You need to figure out a way to get more money into Social Security. And the, the numbers are going to change every year. And, and as far as Barack Obama, Barack Obama, remember, he's the one that said that Mitt Romney, when he was running against Romney in, what was it, 2008, right, or 2012, he's the one that said that Mitt Romney wanted to put everybody in chains. That's um, he's, You know, he's, all the black people, you're going to be in chains if Mitt Romney gets elected. So, you know, with, with all due respect to the former president, who is a wonderful, a wonderful speaker, you know, take what he says with a grain of salt as well. But I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll know how this all works out. But my guess is, um, I, I think, the, you know, one of the other interesting things, if it turns out that Ron Johnson wins, and if that, that's, an, that's an if, I think there's going to be a lot of soul searching that is, is done by Wisconsin Democrats about whether the decision to essentially have everybody else that was running against Mandela Barnes drop out um, immediately before the primary, whether or not that was really the, the best idea. Because it really, you know, the, the party boss and stuff, everybody said, okay, we're going to unite. We're not going to have a divisive primary. We're going we're gonna to give this to Mandela Barnes. And as I have argued, and maybe I'll be proven wrong tomorrow morning, but I, I think there were other candidates who were running that would have been 
much stronger candidates with much less baggage and a much greater ability to appeal to a broader scope of Wisconsin voters than Mandela Barnes. But could be wrong. You know, he, he could end up running up uh, enough votes in Milwaukee and Madison to, to, you know, pull the upset. It's not beyond the realm of possibility. But if he doesn't, I think there's going to be a lot of institutional Democrats who are going to be saying, you know, maybe, maybe we made a mistake by just kind of anointing him. Hey, an update on something we, we talked about yesterday, and, and uh, it, it, it is the right decision. The, you know, this, this election, there's been lots of bizarre twists and turns, and, and, and one of the most bizarre ones is this story about the deputy, former deputy Milwaukee elections clerk who was making 87 grand a year, okay, and been working there for, you know, worked for the city for, what, going on 10 years or something, who decides to order up a bunch of, of phony military ballots. And the way it works in in Wisconsin is if you are in the military, you can go to the state website. You don't have to provide a photo ID, which is crazy. And you can just request to have ballots sent wherever you want. So she, by her own admission, goes and invents the names of three people, Holly something or other, Holly something or other, Holly something or other, and has them sent to the residence, the personal residence of State Representative Janelle Branson, who has been, you know, she chairs the uh, Senate Committee on the, the Assembly Committee on on election reform. Now, her story is: I, I sent these to the representative because I didn't like some of the things the representative was saying about, you know, things that she felt were problems with the election. I wanted to demonstrate what the real problem was. Oh, okay, so you know that, that's it's a crime to do that. Now, I, I I'll be honest, I. I would be very skeptical of the explanation this woman gave. I, I, you know, if you wanted to be cynical, you could say what she was really trying to do is send these and see if the state representative would, would take the bait, fill out these, and then submit them herself, you know, try to vote, you know, and then she could go and say, see, this woman committed fraud, and you, you end up undermining her. But r- regardless, it does demonstrate this problem that you have with these military ballots. And as we've talked about over the last couple of days— to me, it is just absolutely insane that you can, without having to show any proof of identification at all, or even that you exi- can exist, that somebody can just make up a name and you know get a military ballot sent, and then you know somebody could theoretically you know vote under that fake person. And I, I don't know that we'd ever catch it. Well, anyhow, after the and and that's clearly something that needs to be fixed. It's a loophole that needs to be fixed. Well, what happened yesterday is you had a, a, a group and you had the state representative. They went into Waukesha Court and they sued and they wanted to get an injunction saying that all the military ballots shouldn't be counted today. The ones that have been received, they should be sequestered until we can determine that every one of them is correct. I argued yesterday, if I was the judge, I wouldn't have signed off on that injunction. Just because a system can be gamed doesn't mean that it is being gamed. And absent evidence that there was widespread fraud in these ballots, I, I, I just I don't think something like that was, was necessary or appropriate. And that's what happened yesterday afternoon. The judge hearing the case said, no, I'm, I'm not going to issue an injunction on this doesn't mean it's not a potential issue, but this was clearly the correct decision. All right, it is your chance to wade in. Matter of fact, we're going to open up the phone lines right now, 855-616-1620, which is the WTMJ talk and text line. What are you seeing at the polls? What was your experience if you have already voted? 
What is turnout looking like? Were there problems that you noticed? Does everything appear to be going smoothly? Lots of people out there, long waiting times. What are you seeing if you have voted since polls opened up, well, earlier this morning? 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. Your chance to wade in and share with everyone else. 855-616-1620, which is the WTMJ talk and text line. Okay, let's finish strong. This is, of course, Election Day, as we've been talking about for the last two and a half hours. People are going to the polls. Want to devote one segment of the show to your chances to, you know, re- report in. What are you, have, have you voted already? You know, what were the lines like? What was the mood of people? Were there any sort of problems at all? At least, um... Most of the public reports that are out there, and this is very good news, there doesn't there there doesn't appear to be any widespread problems. There's a you know we're getting reports that in a couple places there was some issue with like the the voting machines that kind of shut down, so they had to delay things. There's a story out of West Bend where there was a report that a guy created a disturbance at the West Bend Public Library this afternoon. Poll workers said he heard a man with a knife enter the building. Police and library workers would not confirm, but uh, voters and children in the library were escorted in the polling room. Voting was disrupted for about 30 minutes, but is back to normal now. Okay, so what are you seeing? 855-616-1620. And again, as we talked about earlier, these reports that you hear on our station and on TV about like long lines that, that, that may or may not be true. It's just like polls or a snapshot of, of opinion at the time they are taken. You know, it might very well be that before work, lots of people were lined up because they wanted to vote and then they wanted to go to work. But just because people are lined up outside the polls at seven in the morning, doesn't mean that 1130 or at two thirty that they're lined up. Jeff, I voted in South Milwaukee it took me less than 10 minutes to uh, note. Jeff, we noticed a sign at our polling place, please be kind and courteous to the poll workers, to which I would say amen to that. I mean, amen to that. There's not, you know, there's there's no reason at all to, you know, be surly with, with poll workers or, or, or anything like that. I mean, everybody's just... Everybody's trying to do their best. They're trying to get through this. There is no reason at all to be rude to poll workers. I don't care what your politics are. Jeff, my 21-year-old daughter and I voted in Oconomowoc this morning around 8.30. We were 6.12 and 6.13, largest turnout I've ever seen, smooth, although the machine that took the ballots was taking a long time to accept them. I'll take a little extra care with this, though. Well, that's just, that's great. Plus, I mean, the great news is, you know, she's taken her 21-year-old daughter to vote as um, well. Um, Jeff, I went to, um, let's see, um, you know, we never, ever waited in line in Wauwatosa. We've never, ever waited in line in Wauwatosa before. We voted an hour to vote today. We went into the polls at 10 o'clock, didn't vote until 11. Well, congratulations for sticking it out. Um, Jeff, I voted in the town of Herman about 12.30 p.m. We walked right in, no line. 855 John in Greendale. John, you're in WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. Hi, John. Yeah, just uh, I voted voted about eleven fifteen or so, and I was number seven fourteen, which normally I would probably be in the one hundreds somewhere. So it was pretty busy and real flow, good flow to everything, and everybody was in pretty good mood. There was probably forty people. 
uh, in the okay. In so the you, polling place. You said school. you were seven fourteen, and normally you think you'd be somewhere between like a hundred and two hundred. Yeah, I'm well, usually in the hundreds. I've been in uh, single digits before if I get there early enough. But this time, uh, I was about two or two hours later than I normally vote. So yeah. Right. Well, um, interesting. Well, that, 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 that's that's great to have the turnout. Jeff, uh, let's see. I was number 26 in the town of Farmington, just north of West Bend, um, you know, in and out within 20 minutes, maybe. I was just driving through Farmington the other day, as a matter of fact. Jeff, Village of Eagle parking lot, um, Village Hall nearly full, three cars on the street, people waiting to get into the parking lot. Um, that's at about one thirty. So that's pretty cool. I mean, people are going out and they're um, they are participating. John and Fond du Lac. John, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thanks for calling. So in Fond du Lac, uh, I was number 710 at 10 o'clock this morning, waited quite a few minutes, a little longer than I usually do. So that's, that was good. But one thing I saw I was in line inside the building. Some of the poll workers would come out of their back room and they'd have four or five absentee ballots mm-hmm. in their hands. And they kind of announced, not into anybody in particular, they would just say, I'm going to be entering these absentee ballots into the machine. And then they'd read the yeah. full name and full address and walk in and do the, you know, do the counting. Yep. I, I'd never seen that before. Is that Yes. Normal, that, yes. Yeah. That's what I. I they, now they do it differently, but you know, like for example, in Milwaukee, where they have the, the giant ballot center, ballot center, where a lot of them go to. Yeah. That's see. That's one of the reasons it takes so long. You got the poll workers. They have to open the envelope. They have to pull it out. They have to. Um, they have to identify the ballot. They've got to get a number. You know, just like you know, like you get a number when you go and vote, and then they say aloud. You know, this is the this is the ballot, and this is what I'm putting in. So theoretically, an election observer could come and say, "Wait a second, that's just the that's just the eighth Jeff Wagner vote that just come in." But yeah, that that that's they do it a little bit differently. I mean, the the, the way they you know, whether they're walking out and feeding it in, or like in Milwaukee, it's at this ballot center where they're you know kind of behind closed doors, but they allow election observers in. But yeah, that's how they do it. Right. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I didn't mind it. I've yeah. actually seen the absentee ballots being counted. That was great. I thought. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting yeah. that they used the full name and full address, and thought, is there a privacy thing that we should be worried about? I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, no. Th- that's the way. That's the way. It, the, that's my understanding. Is is the way it works? And again, that's one of the reasons. I, I was arguing about this yesterday. It's one of the reasons why, as they do in many states, I wish Wisconsin would have changed the law to allow the ballots to be opened and put into the machine, not examined, but put into the machine uh, over the last couple days or as they came in. Again, you'd follow the same process that you follow, allow observers to be there. Instead of what's going to happen is it's such a time-consuming process. Now, you were calling from Fond du Lac, I think. You know, I mean, imagine in Milwaukee where they've got, you know, X tens of thousands of these things, and you've got to go through that process, and you can't start until today. I, I think, I firmly believe, and they do this in a lot of states, so it's, it's not like what I'm talking about is, you know, some something that's completely off, off the map. I, I think that there should be a process to allow them to open and to process the ballots, not tabulate them, but feed them into those machines so that we don't have to wait, the polls close, 
And instead of what's going to happen in Milwaukee, where they're still going to have 30, 40, 50,000 ballots, however many, that they're still working through because they've got to go through this process, wouldn't it be nice to have them in a position where you could push that button and you could get them tabulated in a reasonable period of time so you don't have this, what what, some people might describe as the ballot dump, um, where you you go to bed— and Scott Walker's ahead by 40,000 votes, and then Milwaukee reports all these votes, and Tony Evers is ahead by 20,000, or whatever the number is. Wouldn't it be nice, I, I think, for election confidence if we could figure out a way to get these absentee ballots counted in a more timely fashion? I think it would do a lot to you know, convince people that are about election integrity. And again, I'm not an election denier. I just think that this counting them early would be an easy thing. Let's talk to Jeff in Manitowoc. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing today? Good. What are you seeing? What do you think? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, We actually voted this morning at about 930 this morning. Uh, My wife and I were votes 170 and 171. Uh, In our district, normally we vote after 6 o'clock at night. I would say that our normal numbers are 100 to 150. So I was very surprised already at 930 this morning uh, that we were 170 and 171. It was was, uh, outstanding turnout and compliments to the poll workers because we were in and out, and I would say 20 minutes tops. What do you... If you had to pick one thing, what what do you attribute the high turnout to? I would say, at least in, in, in my area mm-hmm. generally, I would say the fact that uh, just wanting change let's just okay. put it that way. Okay, good enough. All right, thanks. For, I'm just I, I'm I'm just curious. You know, it's sometimes. You go back and you you look at at, at elections and, and you understand where the turnout's coming from. Two thousand eight, Barack Obama. It was that hope and change thing, and you have the first you know black American who's running for president. You know, and so yeah, you you could you could understand that that's that that's driving that. Two thousand twenty, um, you know, Donald Trump was such a polarizing figure. Without going down that that rabbit hole, you know, you, you could understand there were people who loved him and they were going to run through walls to vote for him, and there were people who hated him and they were going to run through walls to vote for him. I'm, I'm kind of, if the turnout turns out to be huge, I'm going to, I am going to, I think it's going to be interesting to go back and look and try to figure out, you know, why that was. Kathy in Brookfield. Kathy, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Um, did you vote? And how many? And how was it I looking? Am- I did. I voted this morning at 9 a.m. at Rain Park in West Bend, and I did not uh, wait in I mean, I, there was no one in line. It was hmm. kind of nice. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any donuts, though. No. <laughs> well, you know, when, when I used to live in Whitefish <laughs> Bay, they used to have a bake sale. It was actually a great way. I, I think the school raised money because you know, you'd, you'd wind your way through the village hall, you'd go down the stairs, and then— I don't know if it was a PTA or whatever, but they had this bake sale there, and they were selling all these things. It was just—it was a license to print money because everybody was buying it. Well, that's sure. great. Now, thanks for calling. And again, that's, that, that is my one comment, and I know I'm repeating myself, but it's, it's worth saying for people who might be coming in. If you're hearing these reports about, like, huge turnout and long lines, don't let that discourage you because— that might have been from 8 o'clock this morning, or it might have been from noon. Now, um, you know, after work— 
that the lines tend to generate, you know, to, to get longer as people can get done with work and they stop off to vote before the polls close. But, you know, if, if you're thinking about this and you're, you're kind of on the fence, I, I encourage you to get out and vote because if nothing else, then, then you get out and vote, your person loses, you have a right to complain. You know, you can say, I voted for that other guy. I, I told you that this was going to happen. And, you know, being able to say, I told you so, has a value. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. I started the program with, with this reference, and I, and I understand that there, there are some people who turn on my show at 12 o'clock and listen for three hours, to which I say, thank you very much. I appreciate it. But I also know that there's people who come in and out. We, we started off the program, and the, the final Jeopardy um, answer was 4.57 p.m. And the question was, what time does the last political ad run on on WTMJ. So we had, I think, three during my show. There's one during John's show, and and then that's pretty much done. I was bringing this up because, okay, that must be channel 12. So here in our Avenue studios, I've got these three monitors, each one tuned into a different local TV station, and then a a weather monitor. And the one on must be channel 12. I I just saw one of those Ron Johnson attack ads that that they're, so they're still running those a few minutes before three o'clock. But Sooner, my guess is by the end of the afternoon or certainly, you know, maybe through the 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock news, there'll still be some of those. And then all the attack ads and all the political ads that we've seen over the course of, it seems, the last year, they will go go back into – the genie will be put back into the bottle at least for, you know, a a few – weeks um, as as well. But there, there's some of those ads are, are still, in fact, out there. Here's one of my my big issues for tonight. See, I, I said earlier, I um, my my wife and one of her very close friends, they jumped on a jet to Florida and they're 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 down. They're down in Florida. So it's just me and the dog. And um, at least for a couple nights, I'm going to I'm on vacation next week. I'm going to join her down there. But uh, it's I, I've been trying to wrestle with this. I have an invitations to a couple election night poli- uh, parties. And I will tell you this. Um, somebody who's, who's been to a lot of election night parties, um, if, if you go to these parties where your, your candidate, the candidate is winning, uh, it, it's great. If, on the other hand, you go to parties where the candidate is losing, eh, those are ones where pretty much people, you know, roll up the carpet and um, roll up the sidewalk and end up heading home. So I've got a couple invitations to parties that I'm thinking about. I've got a couple friends who have invited me over, and I'm really kind of wrestling with this because I don't have to work tonight. So I might—the question is, do I want to be social or do I want to sit down with an adult beverage and just kind of immerse myself in the world of, you know, the various— news reports and listen to our coverage here on WTMJ and do my own stuff, seeing where all the votes are coming in and all, and just kind of like just veg out and focus myself. And I I think I'm kind of leaning towards that, not tending to be antisocial, but I just might want to focus on all the different stuff and see it as it is developing. Regardless of where you watch and how you listen to the reports, though, um, election time is important. So I know we all have candidates that we are rooting for. Um, I, I certainly am as well. If you haven't voted, you still have, well, going on another five hours to do it. Make sure you get out and vote. Make sure your vote counts. And be sure to listen to our election coverage all evening. And then tune in 12 o'clock tomorrow, and we'll see what has happened, and we'll analyze it in detail.